This is the It Ain't It Sis podcast, a podcast where we focus on life's pivots and redirections, relationships, and becoming a boss babe. I'm your host, Sarah Whitney, and this is a space where honesty, humor, and a whole lot of sass collide. No one has it figured out. So it's completely fine if sometimes it ain't it, sis. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the It Ain't It Says podcast. I'm Sarah Whitney, your host, and today I have such a fun episode for you guys. I sat down with the Millennial Girls. Both Raquel and Natasha are the co-hosts of the Millennial Girls podcast, and they are radio hosts, and they are so fun. So they definitely work a lot in the media, and they spend a lot of their time interviewing awesome, awesome DJs, including Martin Garrix. So of course, I had to ask them and I got the answers. And we talked about how they landed interviews with Martin Garrix and so many other DJs. And honestly, they just give you the DL on what it's really like behind the scenes. Because obviously, when you're interviewing these big stars at music festivals, you get to see behind the scenes, they get to go in the tents and kind of mingle with all of the quote unquote music stars and all of that. So they tell it to you straight and they tell you how to break into this industry and all of that and they literally give the best advice and on top of that these girls are honestly just so fun I can see obviously why they make a perfect duo so I know you guys will love it so much great advice in this and then also they have just the funniest stories about things that have happened at music festivals and all of that so this is definitely an entertaining episode but before we get into that of course I have to do what was it for me and what was not it for me to Today or this week. And so today, I had the fabulous honor of waking up at 5.30 in the morning for a business meeting. And I mean, I make that sound so official, like a business meeting. No, it was just like a meeting for work that happened to be early and they were in a different time zone than me. So that was fun. But other than that, that was probably what was not it for me. But what was it for me this week is that my friends are coming. So that is super exciting. By the time this is posted in a couple days after will be Memorial Day weekend. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to come visit me and I'm just so excited to see them. I'm so excited to lay by the pool and, you know, have a lot of social interaction because like I mentioned before, I'm living with my parents at the moment and, you know, you don't get much social interaction besides your parents. So I'm very excited to see my friends and hang out with them. But that's basically a little life update. Not much on my end, nothing terribly exciting, but that being said, I feel like exciting things are coming. I'm not sure if anyone kind of is the same way, but I feel like I have like a sixth sense of when something exciting is on the horizon. I can always tell when either something is like very exciting happening or like a very big growth season is happening. And so right now I feel like some big thing is going to happen. So I'll keep you updated on that. That's just me being, I don't know, maybe I'm like into too much like woo-woo stuff. But I was listening to Jen Lauren's podcast actually the other week and she has, first off, her podcast is great. 
but she also had a breathwork podcast and it's called Kundalini Breathwork. And I started doing that just because I feel like I need to be more zen, don't we all? And so basically a lot of that helps with just removing negative energy from your body and also it helps with like manifestation. So I've been doing that and I feel like visualization and like breathwork really helps. So I don't know, maybe this is all in my head, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you updated on that. But other than that, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this week's episode of It Ain't It Sis. It's definitely going to be a great one. And of course, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so it automatically uploads every week on your phone or iPad or wherever you listen to this. And then also be sure to rate and review. Rating and reviewing definitely helps the podcast, you know, only five stars. That's really all I allow. <laughs> but I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode and let's get into it. Hello, ladies. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> of course. Oh my God, we're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you guys to come on the show. I mean, I love your vibe. Both of you, I feel like you're a power duo. So I'm super excited for that. But I'd love it if you could just tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Raquel. I'm Natasha. And we are the, the Millennial, Millennial Girls. <laughs> Well, how do you guys meet? I'm curious because, I mean, you seem like you have known each other for forever, but like, what's the backstory behind that? We've only known each other. Well, now it's been over a year. Mm -hmm. uh, we met at a radio station in Miami. We were both, well, she was already working there and I was kind of going in to audition to be new talent. And so I auditioned, she's already laughing. I auditioned on the morning show with her and I thought she hated me because, you know, first of all, I, I really shouldn't say that because when you go and do a morning show, it's like 4 a.m. So you're not a human being at that hour. And so for someone like me, like blonde and bubbly to be like, hi, my name is Raquel, be my friends. Like, you know, I should have expected not everyone is always like that. But yeah, so I ended up getting the job at the station. It wasn't on the morning show. She was on the morning show and I was afternoons. And then we kind of didn't really talk that much because you were mornings and you would just right I would leave off yeah, yeah so and then I would I wouldn't even see her and then we went to EDC Orlando last year to obviously cover the event and get all these interviews with all these DJs and she came into my room we stayed at an Airbnb together and she was like can I get ready with you? And I was like, oh my God, she wants to be my friend. <laughs> like, that's how you know when someone comes in, you're about to go sure to music makeup. festivals. Like, can I borrow some eyelash glue? Can I borrow yeah. glitter? That's when <laughs> I knew we were real friends. Um, and we, we had a really great time. We got a lot of content and got to talk to so many different interviews and Steve Aoki. And that was really great for both of us in our career. And then we realized that Whenever we're together, really great things would happen. Yeah. And we ended up getting an exclusive from Martin Garrix and then ended up in Billboard magazine last year and kind of every single media outlet together. And once yeah. that happened, we were like, okay, maybe we should do something together because it obviously works. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how the Millennial Girls podcast was born. And yeah. she can tell you how she came up with the name because it's kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically we would kind of hop onto each other's shows because eventually I, I had my own show right before hers after I was doing the mornings and mm -hmm. we'd pop into each other's shows and kind of like talk on air a little bit together. And we were getting feedback from people that I think like they were like, liking us as a duo, but we never had a show together. And so we were like, you know what? We really want to do like a side project or like start a podcast or something alongside us being at the radio before we obviously got let go. And then one night 
I like was sleeping. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And I literally just like texted her and I was like, millennial girls, like, I think that should be the name. And, I was, and then the next day I like went to the office, well, to the radio and I like spoke to her again. And she was like, wait, what was the name again? I was like, millennial girls. Like, do you actually like it? Cause I was it was like, like, yeah, she was like half asleep. Right. And so she's like, yeah, I like it. And we're like, okay, cool. And, and that's kind of how we like came up with the name. And then just, you know, because we got let go at the station due to COVID and everything, that's what really got us to jumpstart the podcast because we had all that free time. So we were like, I think we got our like last week was right before April. Like it was at the last week of March. And then the first week of April, we were like ending at the radio station. Yeah. We and got the last, go, like April 15th. Or yeah. Something. And then the last week mm-hmm. of April, we started the podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Like that was our first episode release. So we did not wait at all. Like we just went straight in, yeah. but it was great because we had already had this idea and it kind of was the universe kicking our butts to actually do it. Yeah. I mean, we literally were trying to figure this all out and this was also happening right before everything shut down. Miami music week and ultra was supposed to happen. Yeah. That's the, that would have been the busiest week of our lives. Yeah. So us like trying to figure it out. We we're like, okay, we'll talk about it after music week and then music week, not happening. It was just kind of like, okay, so we're going to talk about this now and figure it out because <laughs> we got nothing else to do. We're stuck at home. So yeah, I feel like everyone was like too, that. because when we, yeah, when we first started too, we obviously couldn't be together because you know, stay at home order and everything. So we were figuring out how to do it from home and how to get our microphone. And it was, it was just a lot. But it was really great because when you're on air, you're a media personality, you're on air personality, you have people above you kind of not necessarily telling you what to say, but they definitely, definitely dictate your show a little bit. So for us to have this and come from the media background, we are the ones making the decision. Like this is the marketing. This is what we want this to be. This is our episode and you know, everything kind of in between. We don't have a music director or PD to call up. It's us. So (laughs) we have to figure Mm -hmm. it out together, which has been really great. Yeah. No, I mean, I love everything that you're doing in the music industry. And I find like, honestly, that's something I wanted to be when I was like growing up, like interviewing like people like Martin Garrix. That's so sick that I think that you're doing that. And like, I'm curious before we kind of get into that, I wanted to do like a little icebreaker, but like music slash entertainment themed because I feel like it's just like good to get to know each other. So I figured yeah. it's going to be this or that. So Miami or LA. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, we have a California. I think girl. I know your answer. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going to say L.A. and I'm from here. Really? Yeah, she definitely would go to L.A. I mean, me being from San Diego, I mean, I came to Miami for a reason. Like, I left California. Not that I don't like California. California is amazing. But I was never, like, an L.A. girl. I don't know. It was just, I felt like I fit in more with, like, Miami vibe. But, like, now that Mm -hmm. I've been here for seven years, I'm definitely a California girl, let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's the difference, would you say, between, like, Miami or Florida girl versus, like, a California girl? Well, okay. Miami's just... Miami's has kind of turned into Vegas, honestly. So it's very like come in and leave type of thing with people and just everyone's very bougie. And obviously LA is like that too. Yeah. But I feel like with LA, you have more here. It's over the top. Yeah. And it's it's, really turned into Vegas. And it's not like we can't, I can't say like Florida girl versus California girl, but it's more like if we're going to compare Miami to LA, Yeah. like Mm -hmm. LA is just very, very, very trendy and trends don't happen like that here. They always come later. So any like health, like, or like anything, health, anything like any fads, like stuff like that always comes out of LA. 
and the stuff doesn't come to like, we barely started getting like poke bowl places, like in the last like couple years, like yeah, oh, really? it was not. Yeah. Like you don't see stuff like that. Like when I came here nobody like knew what acai was and it was like, this is like normal to me back home. Yeah. And you know, here it's a lot more about like the long hair, the big boobs, the big butt. And yeah. in LA, I think it's still, I mean, obviously with like Kardashians and stuff being a huge influence on that, like body type, I feel like in LA, it was always just kind of like the skinny girl was the thing, but yeah, Miami's kind of like Vegas now. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's always over the top places so closed. Uh, you know, you can literally party here until the next day comes and like noon, the next legally, day. Yeah. like it's not, you know, <laughs> stuff doesn't shut down at a certain time. Like you can always do stuff here. It's crazy. I know. I know that a lot of people I know have been like going there during quarantine. Cause I know it's like the main place that's kind of everybody wants to move here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, everyone wants to move here, but it, it's different though. It's like different visiting and moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing too, that I, pe- I think people don't understand. Everyone's like, Oh, move to Miami. And I'm like, but it's, why and, and people <laughs> in California in general are extremely nice and people here are much more rude. Yeah. Really? It's, okay. it's very different. Like when I went back home to San Diego, like and a person opened a door for me, I was like, wow, like, oh, that's how you're I feel so when I go nice. Back, you're when I go so polite. The chivalry. Oh, here, I know. No, everybody's flipping you off. Everyone flips you off and honks at you on the roads here. Like it's everybody doesn't give a, you know, a crap. People are very rude here. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> well, that, that's good to know in the future. <laughs> She's like, so I'm not going to move here. Yeah. I like to take like, notes now. Sarah's like, I'm not moving to Miami. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're just giving you the contrast. Like there's obviously amazing things to this place too. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Literally yeah, like there's an pond. ocean in front of us right mm-hmm. now. Like the ocean's warm here. It's cold in California. Right. Like, there's a lot of good things too. Of course. I don't want to make it sound like it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it also depends like what you do. If you're trying to be in the entertainment music industry, like obviously that's not that it's Latin based here. So if you're not trying to do that, like LA is still the place in New York, but if you're just trying to have a party life and, and be bougie, like sure. Come here. Yeah. If you're 21 or like what you just turned, like best place to be, come here. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Perfect. And then what do you say? Like a bar or club is your go-to bar bar. Okay. Me too. And then tequila or vodka tequila vodka. Really? Okay. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm more of a tequila girl. So Vodka, it doesn't sit mm-hmm. well with me, but that's probably just a few of my experiences. And then Diplo or Martin Garrix? Oh, no! <laughs> Martin! <laughs> Martin! Um, I'm, 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 that's Martin. Hard. I'm Martin. Okay, I mean, I... I love Diplo. Like I'm too yeah. Diplo, but I think I like Martin's music better. Yeah. Like if I had to choose, I think I, yeah, I follow his music more than yeah. I do Diplo. Yeah. But Diplo's in a lot too. Yeah. But I like, yeah, I would it. also go with Martin. I want to be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Ultra Music Festival or Coachella? That's hard. I think, uh, I think I'm, I think we're both Coachella like yeah. deep because uh, you have a little bit of everything at Coachella. Like you yeah. have, I could see Blackpink, but then I could also see Martine. As I much see, as like- I love like EDM, electronic music, house music. I just never was like covering music week and covering ultra and being on that side is a lot more fun to me, Yeah, but we're like more pool party girls, like going to the actual festival itself and being like surrounded by people in a crowd, like doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I'd rather do the pool party thing and still see those same DJs that are playing at the festival. But like Coachella, there's just more space and it's just, it's just different. And, yeah. and I mean, to my core, I always was like alternative music was like my, my first love. 
So seeing a bunch of the rock bands and stuff like that is just, I don't know. It excites me more. Yeah. Yeah. No Coachella. Cause you can see so many different genres. Like you can go to the tent and see, you know, nightmare, but you can also go and see Blackpink or you could go see, you know, the killers. Like yeah. that's totally more of my like brain, my music ADD brain. Like I want to see everyone <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Like let's do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm totally the same way. Cause I have major like ADHD. So I'm like, okay, I need everything all at once. And like in one place, because that's Consume the only way <laughs> I know literally. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm curious like how you got started in the music industry and entertainment industry because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, in the media especially, it's kind of blown up with, you know, social media and TikTok and I feel like anyone can kind of be in that industry to a certain extent, but I feel like you guys are like up close and personal with the major artists and I'm interested in like how you got your first steps into that. Yeah, so I've been in the industry for about 6 years now. So I went to school for multimedia journalism. I always knew what I wanted to do. I always knew I either was like, and and when I was in seventh grade, I was like, I'm going to host e-news. Like I knew that that was totally the direction I wanted to go to in life. And I remember getting so mad seeing these interviews because this is when, this is back in like 2013 when YouTube started really blowing up. And I was like, I could do this better. Like I'm going to school for journalism. I want to talk to these people. And one of my best friends was like, so make a YouTube channel. I was like, oh, okay. Let's do that. So I did that in college and I had my friend, we stayed up all night and I had already interned at Y100, which is the iHeart affiliate in Miami. So I kind of knew like how to pitch and everything. And my first person I interviewed was Chris Allen, who had just won American Idol a couple of years back. Oh yeah. And his publicist emailed me back and was like, Hey Raquel, like, yeah, we'd love for you to interview Chris. And like, that is so funny looking back at it now, because now it's like, you have to pitch yourself so hard. It's like, Hey, if I was to interview insert name, you know, here's my YouTube, here's the analytics, here's my subscribers. Here's how many like reach I have. And back then I was just like, I have a YouTube channel. Like, can I interview him? And she was like, sure. Can you come to Orlando? And I was like, yes, I can. Didn't even have a YouTube channel. Didn't have a name, didn't have a camera, but like, ended up making it work. I did it. And obviously like, since that happened, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Cannot watch that interview back. Cause it was so <laughs> awful, but <laughs> yeah, then, I mean, I, I kind of, that like set me up for everything because then I ended up working for a media outlet for three and a half years. I was their country music correspondent. I basically lived in Nashville for three years. I was covering all the big festivals and carpets and award shows. And then I kind of changed directions a little bit. I ended up working for the NHL team here and I was their uh, in arena host and digital host for a couple of years. And then when I went back to the station, I was like, I need to be back in music. I miss music a lot because I was never that girl that I was like, I'm going to be a sportscaster. I want to do that. I was like music, entertainment, lifestyle, but it just kind of happened and I fell into it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because a lot of the girls I went to school with were like, I'm going to be a sportscaster. And I was like, I don't really like, whatever. Mm-hmm. If it happens, like I'll do it <laughs> and I'll love it. But you know, it wasn't like my main thing. And then get going back into radio was just so fun. I love radio. It's so fun. I love like YouTube and on camera and all that stuff because it's, it's different, but radio, you can just have fun and it, there's like not a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's more relax, especially when you're doing it with your friends. And we were really lucky when we were at the radio station, the four of us that were on air was like yeah. the core four. And we were yeah. literally, that was our group chat name is the core four. So, core four. It, and everyone loves EDM music and music so much. And I had pretty much, we 
we both had free reign to kind of do whatever interviews we wanted to do. Yeah. I got into artist liaison. Liaisoning. You were the artist liaison. I was the liaison. <laughs> yeah. I don't, whatever. I, getting into do that too, which was a whole new aspect of the industry, which was really great to learn too. So yeah, I mean, you just got to keep pushing forward. If you want to do media, especially entertainment or sports, you have to make it happen for yourself and talk to people because that's the only way it's going to happen, honestly. Yeah, totally. I, I studied, I, I that's what I actually moved to Miami for was that I got into university here. So I was like, I'm going to just finish off. I was kind of doing like a lot of art work and like design media, but mm-hmm. I ended up getting my bachelor's in advertising and my background was always kind of like in that marketing and advertising stuff because my mom was an entrepreneur. And so she had a lot of that creative and I was always around that. So I got my bachelor's in advertising and I wasn't thinking like, Oh, I'm going to go to radio. Like, honestly, that never really was crossing my mind. Like I'd, I'd tell friends of mine when I was younger, like, Oh, like you would be really good to work at, you know, such and such radio station. But I feel like deep down, it was kind of like me speaking to myself and I just (laughs) like never really admitted it because I would get, you know, I guess camera shy in that time. But I always was very, good at public speaking. And like, I always like the same, like MTV and TRL was like my life as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so watching the VJs and everything, like I, I always kind of wanted to do the same thing. Like I, I've always been a curious person and I like asking a lot of questions and learning. And so the idea of interviewing always attracted me. I just never got the opportunity and didn't really apply for those kind of jobs. But then, yeah, once I finished school and I was just kind of doing other stuff and I was doing like social media management for different companies, that's what I actually got brought on to do for the radio station. So I still was behind the computer and editing and making content for social, but I'd always like sneak into the room any chance that I got, like when I would have other hosts like be on air and then they'd invite me to the mic and I'd talk a little bit and kind of like my feet wet and a spot opened up on the morning show. And that's when I jumped in. And that's literally just like how it happens for a lot of people in the industry, mm-hmm. too, especially with radio is like, if you that one slot opens up, if you jump in oh. there, you get that's your opportunity. And, and that's what happened. Like, I don't think anyone expected that I was going to end up on the mic. I don't think inside <laughs> myself, I secretly wanted to do that because I was like, if that's going to give me any sort of access to interviews or such like that, that's what I really would want. So I was doing both. I was doing the social media for the station and I jumped on air for the morning show. And then that's when we met not, I mean, it must've been like at least like a week of going into the morning show. And that's when she came. So I thought she was trying to get my spot. And so she had no idea that that's what I was thinking. Cause she didn't know that I had just jumped on I the morning been show there forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was a little bit threatened. Cause I was like, Oh crap. Like she has more experience. They're going to definitely like choose her. And then I won't get my chance at all to be on air, but it it ended up working out for us because then I ended up getting my slot and then Mm -hmm. she got hers. And then that's when we started doing all that stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, it's so, it's kind of like a crapshoot in a way getting into the media sometimes. No, it's luck. It's pure luck. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) It's right, right place, right time. Really. Yeah. And then like as someone for me, like wanting to be in the media, like it's like difficult. And I've had like a few like lucky breaks, but like, yeah, it is kind of like luck and like it's all in who you know. So that's awesome that you were able to like kind of get your foot in the door in that way. And I mean, as you go along in your kind of like journey too, obviously you've been interviewing some of the biggest people and you've mentioned it a little bit already. And I'm curious, like, what is it like when you're initially like sitting down with people like Martin Garrix and he's like right next to you? Like how, what 
are the thoughts going through your well, head? Okay. So, I'm like, I have, I have to say just because coming from me being somebody that I didn't have the experience, it was extremely thrilling and exciting. And I always got nervous. Like I was always super nervous before interviews, even though I bring that camera on and you literally are supposed to like wrap up like no more than 15 minutes. And that that's already like a lot of time. They like mm-hmm. literally give you like 15 minutes to like get in, set up your stuff, talk to them, get out. So in that moment, you're like, if I mess up the words, if I say, cause you're rolling, like, it's like, you can't take another, you know, you can't do another take. Like that's all you have. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it always worked out. I don't think, you know, we never like had fumbles or anything. You just get kind of nervous sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think Martin was a different situation because we knew how big this was going to be because yeah. the timing of it too, it was the Super Bowl weekend. Cause obviously the Super Bowl was here last mm-hmm. year. And so it was still kind of the beginning of 2020. It was like two, the, the last weekend or second to last weekend of January. And he had, I, I, remember she walked into my show and I was like, Natasha, we, if we ask anything, the one thing we need to ask is if this collaboration with Zed is going to happen because like (laughs) the last week of December, he posted a picture. Like they both did on a private jet with each other. And they're like music question mark. And everyone lost their minds. So Mm -hmm. I was like, the only thing we need to ask is that basically like, we can obviously ask different questions, duh, but that is the meat and you know, the potatoes of the interview. And we actually had to send a lot of foreign artists. You have to send the questions to management beforehand so they can kind of, you know, prep them and just make sure that they like understand what's being asked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And approve it. So they approved that question and we were like, Oh, let's go. Like this is it. (laughs) So yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it happened. And I mean, I still get nervous. I do. I mean, I will say the most nervous I think I've ever been is talking in front of 18,000 people at a panther game because that's a lot of people if you like, and it's live and it's live like there's no turning back if you fly if you stumble over your words like you, you just gotta roll with it if you like fall on your ice fall on the ice like and talking you still have to did roll you ever it. fall on the ice no but i almost ate oh it once God. and i saved myself because i was like i will not end up on the internet so oh i saved God. myself yeah that's um, like my worst fear <laughs> terrifying and then the other did time, you ever fall down the stairs yeah remember the emt caught me but he caught you though oh well, like, yeah you never well, no i would have like oh. i would have like died oh, yeah no i i was in i had to wear heels they like told me i had to oh no like, did they year. put something underneath the heels though so it wouldn't slip you know you go on the ball of your foot and, yeah and pray to god <laughs> yeah so then my second year i got then my Crazy. second and third year i got smarter but i, I smarter. uh i was running down the stairs and oh, i was jumping from like the the stair to the aisle before you go on the ice and my foot caught my heel caught water obviously duh ice melts mm-hmm. and i literally got caught by the emt like in in arms like oh. cinderella moment night in shiny yeah armor. like literally i would have <laughs> killed myself pretty much yeah. so thank god for that but yeah no i mean side part but i still get nervous i feel like if you don't get nervous then you you're just care. like content and you don't care yeah. and that's not good. <laughs> no. And that's the thing you care a lot because it's like, not only, not only about mm-hmm. like messing up, but like, you don't want to forget like one of the big questions or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, yeah, sometimes you have no cards, but sometimes you don't like when I was, we, most of the time we weren't using no cards. We Martin, just had it for Martin. We did because yeah. the questions were so specific, yeah. but 
I mean, like I actually heard something really interesting in the, in a clubhouse like room the mm-hmm. other day, normally, you know, when you're in school for media or journalism, you're taught, you know, you're not the focus of the interview. It's mm-hmm. the other person, the person you're interviewing, but now because social media and everything goes viral so quickly, like you almost have to kind of make it a little bit about you because you need to get that question or that answer from someone that's different. And I was like, Oh, that's a good point. And it was from Jojo who's on actually kiss FM in, in LA. And I was interesting. like, Oh, that's a good point. You know? Mm-hmm. And because you don't want to be super outlandish, but at the same time, you do want to get, you know, the exclusive. And it's it's always a blessing. Like, I mean, again, I'm not like some seasoned person, Mm -hmm. like compared to people that, you know, I was working alongside that were in it for minimum like 16 years. But even those people, I I remember like they'd complain sometimes about certain, you know, guests that would come on their shows and stuff like that. And for me, I was always like, God, like I got, we got very lucky because in the EDM world, like everybody's so nice. Oh my God. All the DJs are, have, I mean, like we met a certain number, but like all of them were always amazing. They were always cool. Like nobody was ever rude or mean. Now we're like friends with half of them because they're just so, yeah. you know what it is? Everyone was very cool. I feel like too, they're not, they're not always, you know, going into radio stations, doing radio tour and always being interviewed and asked a thousand questions. Yeah. So like when we would sit down with them, they would be so genuinely appreciative that we wanted to even listen to them speak. Yeah. Because I still feel like they're like, oh, I just like sit and mix and, you know, do this stuff. And like, <laughs> well, that's why it's I'm like, like also because like People Magazine and like all like the paparazzi like honestly I don't know how half of these people look like like marshmallow he wears that giant right. hat thing like, <laughs> no, I don't know how he looks like so no one's yeah, like, right. actually recognizing them day to day usually yeah so I feel like that too it was I remember we were doing Skype interviews like when obviously we were still working for a month once everything kind of shut down we were considered essential because we were media so we were doing all these Skype interviews with all the artists we were gonna do interviews with Ultra and I remember I would do the Skype interview and they would just want to like stay on Skype with me for like an hour. I'm like, guys, I love you, but I have to go do my show. Like call me later. It's okay. And they'd be like, what do you think about this song? And I'm like, send it to me. I'll email you back. <laughs> like, I have to go do my show. I love you guys so much, but yeah, like, go work. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the part. Even with the nerves and stuff, you always kind of walked in and out with that feeling of just like feeling blessed. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, you, we loved what we did, you know, like doing that was, it was fun for us. And once the interview's over, you know, you get at that time, obviously before COVID, you get to give them a hug mm-hmm. and then take, you know, take a couple of pictures and just, you know, chat a little bit off, you know, off the mic and, and then that's it. And then you go watch their set. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I've, I've had some bad interviews with just bad eggs and you're just like, well, you're so put off. But like, I genuinely, we didn't have that experience Mm -hmm. with the DJ. We still haven't yet. So that's really nice. Yeah. And you guys like definitely get the inside exclusive. Like you were saying, you're now like friends with some of them. So that's like, yeah. And I mean, I know you mentioned you go to a few music festivals and you cover those obviously. And I'm curious, like, what's the, your point of view from the behind the scenes? Because obviously, (laughs) I mean, I bet, because obviously, you know, you've gone to music festivals just as an audience member, but then you've also been like on the other side of that and been kind of backstage watching these artists perform. How is that like is it like a shit show kind of in a way I want to tell you I want to tell you about EDC Orlando because I'm sure she has other experiences with red carpet and stuff but with EDC Orlando it was cool because we kind of snuck our way into the artist lounge we finessed it was it was not but the thing is like I was honestly convinced that we were supposed to be in there to do the interview right. so we just walked in like like so owning it you know she, and I knew what was happening and she didn't so 
I was I, like, I think we're supposed to be in here. Like, I, let's I, just go. Yeah, when we got home that night, I was like, Natasha, we weren't supposed to be in. Like, no, it was the next morning. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to get in there. And she's like, wait, what do you mean? I was like, we're not supposed to be in there. And she's like, oh. Like, Oops. And then I like finessed and I had them bring over the head of security. And I was like, listen, we're radio. Like, we have to be in quiet. Like, we can't do these radio interviews. The media lounge was like outside next to the like dubstep stage. Yeah. Not smart. So like, I was like, this can't work. And then wow. we ended up getting the head of security, took our picture. <laughs> And sent it to all of the security guards and was like, they're cool for the rest of the weekend to be in the arts lounge, even though they don't have That's the right so wristbands. Sick. And I was like, yeah. dub, yes. But yeah, when we were there, when we like, whatever, we ended up like spending the entire weekend there because EDC is the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we were in the artist lounge and the artist lounge, basically the way that they set it up, at least for this one was they just have like curtains and then they're kind of like broken up until they make it like turn into a little room. Like little green rooms, but they're but like curtains. That block them off. And so every single, you know, within a certain amount of hours because it's you know all day long they'll switch out the names to whoever whichever artist is supposed to be in that section and so all the you know all the djs are just walking around like everybody's just hanging out people are saying saying hi hi to each other some of them have their posse with them and then we went into a couple of those little like curtainy rooms or whatever to do some interviews and they had another side like section set up for I don't know if it was Insomniac or Edis it was one of I forget one of the Insomniac the girl one of the host yeah so they had like a whole you know kind of set up like they staged the whole set yeah Mm -hmm. they staged the set whatever with the couch and stuff so they were conducting the interviews like for the company itself so that was there and yeah everybody's just hanging out like one of the guys was coming up to us talking about how you know he had to cancel his interview with us because he was like mixing his song right before his set (laughs) like he's showing a news literally like something he's about to release that nobody's heard before he's showing it to the other guy across the room so like everybody's still just in their element you know it's kind of like being in a dj school like Everybody is really <laughs> chill. Like it's not, it's not at all what you would think it would be. I mean, and we were at least in the, that environment. I mean, yeah, I don't know about yeah. other genres, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I've done, you know, the country music thing and they get real rowdy real quick, but <laughs> yeah. um, I can imagine. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was like a bar outside. So like people obviously can have their drinks and stuff. They have, yeah. you know, they had like a table set up for like food and stuff and people had certain wristbands and, and then being up there, you're obviously kind of like networking with other people too, mm-hmm. that are maybe friends of the DJs or whatever so then they're hooking up getting us you know a backstage wristband to you know we were trying to be able we were trying to get on to the main stage for (laughs) Diplo actually that was our goal but he was the closing set and we were just like I had my show the next morning and Mm -hmm. we were in Orlando which is three hours away yeah we were like yeah Yeah, like like, Diplo yeah well like we got back to to where I live probably at like two two thirty and she had to drive an hour to yeah. Miami and then mm. she was I on air like, like two hours two hours later yeah yeah <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah that's rough yeah <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do and that's I mean the thing you too, know like everybody's like oh my god you guys are like it's such an awesome life like we see the picture of us you know at the festival I was like, I'm tired we like literally walked out we literally walked out just to take the PM. picture maybe hear like 10 minutes of someone's set and we went back to yeah, work like I didn't hear yeah. anyone set really at yeah. EDC we heard we heard Fisher and we heard we no we yeah there were a few because like, like jaws jaws oh, was yeah. when we were upstairs and then we went to cio for a little bit that's when we took our pictures mm-hmm. and then <laughs> yeah. one night when we were like done there was still like a couple sets we went to see afro jack i think oh yeah the other guys so, yeah 
Yeah, but it's like definitely obviously like you were saying a different experience than being like one with the crowd and like in a mosh pit or whatever, whatever you're totally doing. yeah that gives me anxiety. I know. <laughs> yeah, I so actually people. I hate being in mosh pits. That's like my worst fear. And I've I've been in one or two before. So not <laughs> definitely do not recommend. You're like never again. <laughs> never yeah, no. literally never again. That was like when I was like 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And yeah. I mean, I'm curious, and Natasha, you mentioned or Birdie on the street says that, you know, you canceled a wedding um, just to go to Ultra Music Festival. And I'm curious, was this your wedding or someone else's? Oh, yeah, it was mine. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was hers. Okay, well, you kind of have to elaborate on that one. Yeah, so basically, um, it was right around, you know, like March, April time right the festival season and everything and so you know we had been talking about like when we're gonna get married I was like oh like a spring wedding like sounds nice you know like I was like you know I don't know what the heck I'm talking about but I'm like spring wedding sounds nice in my head and um yeah like we kind of wanted to do like a trip to because he's Italian we wanted to do like a trip to Italy or something kind of do something small or whatever and so we were trying to plan it and springtime is Mm -hmm. March April time so then I feel like this was before like Martin Garrix happened like yeah so this was before the gear, like we went viral. So yeah. she's oh, like, like January you know, time. like I feel like even when before that happened, we we're like, oh, music week, like we'll get what we can get. And then that happened and we were like, yeah. Oh yeah. We literally okay. like that changed the game. We were like, we're going to get every single exclusive we're gonna be like, everywhere. Yeah. We're like, we're going to be the first ones to drop that video on Twitter. We're like we're going to be on stage with Martin. Yeah. So like that obviously became more of my priority than my wedding. Uh, sorry, but so I was like, you know what? We're going to have to rain check the wedding because I don't want to have an anniversary on the busiest week of my life because mm-hmm. it's going to happen every year. So that's why we canceled it because I was like, yeah, no, Mm-mm, that's not and then of course COVID happened so basically okay, yeah. none, none of it happened I, mean, I didn't get any of it so it's still <laughs> TV. I, didn't get, I didn't get married I didn't yeah I didn't get married I didn't go to music festival I didn't go to ultra like I, mean, no, I remember she it was happened. looking at lights too and I was like girl no you're not going anywhere <laughs> yeah okay. oh well. <laughs> well you know it I mean it happens hopefully like the wedding will happen eventually yeah. <laughs> one day one day <laughs> I'm the flower girl <laughs> I love that. Okay. And then kind of switching gears, like obviously you guys are somewhat in the public eye. Obviously you're in kind of the circle of a lot of people who are, you know, have a lot of followers. So I'm curious, like you've decided more recently to be more vulnerable, especially on your podcast too. And, you know, Raquel, you talk a lot about your anxiety and then you've talked about like cyberbullying and stuff like that. So like, why did you decide initially to become more vulnerable online and kind of tell people, you know, what's really going on, I guess, behind closed doors? Well, you see, we didn't really plan it. <laughs> it kind of just happened. Yeah. I mean, I think like so many episodes too, where we we always before we go into something that's a heavy topic, mm-hmm. like a barrier or a boundary, and then it kind of like goes out the window. <laughs> so we at least have the conversation, which is great. I mean, listen, the anxiety thing, I was it was a silent battle that I was fighting for a couple years that got really bad. And no one really knew, honestly, like my family didn't even really know. And I had talked to her about it. And she was like, do you want to do an episode, you know, up to you how much you want to open up. And I don't know, at that time, 
And I was just like, I mean, I guess why not? You know, it's it's in quarantine. Everyone else is probably going through this too. And mm. we had Zach Martino, who's yeah. a DJ on that episode. Yeah, exactly. And he's been, honestly, he was kind of the inspiring factor behind right. it because I had talked to him when we were still working at the station and he was really open about it. And I had told him privately, like after the interview was over, you know, I was like, I deal with it really like a lot. And I've actually had an anxiety attack at work before and I just deal with it on my own. And he's like, that's not good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and he was like, I'm always here for you if you want to talk about it and honestly he was really inspiring for me to open up and be able to talk about it and I mean watching that that episode back it was I was it was hard like I was I didn't even know how to like talk about it because I had never opened up about it before but after that it's been really helpful with like other mental health topics which I think are really important and Mm -hmm. you know I mean it's just one of those things again like we want to be relatable and we don't want to be these people that are like we're millennials and we are living our best (laughs) life and we have really cool jobs but we're pretentious and not down to real because that's not how we are at all. Yeah. And everyone always says you're so real. And I think that's really great because coming from being on air, like radio or any kind of personality, public figure, you know, that's like kind of really 30% of who you really are as a Mm -hmm. person. And so getting to be, you know, have my Raquelisms and my blonde (laughs) moments and like getting to talk about the really important subjects is just like really inspiring for me, to myself, to mm-hmm. her. And, and we know. got feedback too. Like, you know, her mentor was kind of giving us feedback at the beginning mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. starting the podcast and he's in the industry as well. Very, for very, very well versed in it. Yeah. And he was definitely pushing us to open up more like every yeah. episode like we were getting you know to the third the fourth episode and he would be like more give us yeah, more give us like, more more and there were moments where I was like oh my gosh like how personal can I get without completely like giving all of myself away because right. not that it's not that I don't want to or can't but sometimes you know certain things you want it to still stay private yeah. or you know, set some boundaries. And there were, there was a moment I think where I even like crossed my own boundary where I was like, Ooh, like I opened up too much this time. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was, that was like heavy for me, but it's like, okay, well it's out there now. And you know, you, you hope that at some point, you know, someone's able to relate to it or that it's going to, you know, have some sort of impact on somebody else's life if they're listening, because it's not just for today or this week or this year, it's going to be living online, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially forever. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, God willing that nothing crashes and blah, blah, (laughs) but yeah, you know, down the line, you never know whose ears is going to land on that episode. So we just felt like it was Mm -hmm. important. And we kind of transitioned, like when we first started the podcast, we wanted to really bring the element that we had of the radio and like dance music and EDM and stuff. So that's why we were having a lot of DJs on at the beginning. But then the feedback that we were just getting from our audience was more like, oh, we like like the funny, relatable stuff, like more personal stories and everything. So then we kind of shifted a little bit. And when she talked about anxiety, and then we had an episode where we talked like about self-love and like confidence and that was the stuff that was really resonating with Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. and it's just I think it's just of the times right now because everyone's talking about it so that's where we really shifted and we're not like a self-help podcast by all means like we still like to have fun we have guests on and talk just try to talk about different subjects of the Mm -hmm. now yeah no and I love that obviously you guys are kind of opening up more because I mean obviously your job is really cool you work in a really cool industry but also like 
people, especially now that we're all home, we're all stuck in our houses to like a certain extent. Everyone kind of wants to know more about each other. And that's, I guess, mm-hmm. the way that Act Now is opening up. And it's it's hard, but I'm glad that you guys are doing that. And I love everything that you're doing. But other than that, I absolutely loved having you guys on my podcast. You guys are so much fun. And I was wondering, where can everyone find you? So our Instagram is at millennial underscore girls and millennial has two L's and two N's. Yes. <laughs> and okay. uh, my personal is at Natasha. <laughs> I think I Sovali. spelled that wrong when I was emailing you guys. No, everybody, we even wrong. did. We yeah, even we did, did in the beginning. Like our, our giveaways misspelled. I'm like, oh, great. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, it's too late now. Yeah. My personal is at Natasha Salahi. And mine's Raquel Goldie. And okay. we're on all streaming platforms. So and Apple YouTube. Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, iHeart. Um, we're everywhere. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, everyone should go and check them out. They're super sick, hilarious, and just a 10 out of 10 duo. So thank hey. you guys so much for coming on. Thank the you. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Okay, guys, that was the episode for today. I hope you loved it just as much as I did. And be sure to follow the Millennial Girls on all of the socials. Of course, I have that linked down in the show notes below. And then I also have all of my information linked down in the show notes below as well. But other than that, be sure to tune in next week for another episode of It Ain't It Sis. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.